Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! Hey, I'm Kelly. Hey, I'm Annie. Hi, I'm Gabe. Uh, so Annie's with us from the from the north, uh, <laughs> where it's cold and the wind is rough and howling. And right, <laughs> this is not a Game of Thrones podcast. Let's move. Come on. Um, okay, so uh, so you're out of Cleveland, uh, as we all know, uh, but the big news is out of Toledo. Um, we've got uh, an, an ongoing campaign. It's been going on since you and I started this job, basically. Yeah, and before. Yeah. Um, to protect capital care. Uh, can you tell us about capital care? Yes, I can. Um, so, yes. So in uh, 2013, I believe, was the year the Center for Choice closed the other abortion clinic in Toledo. And now we're down to one clinic remaining in the Toledo area, which is Capital Care Network, like we said. Um, it is open three days a week. Um, and they are a small staff. They're uh, locally owned. They um, have a small parking lot and... Uh, are otherwise totally functional, just, you know, like a a little bit smaller. And they've been especially targeted by the trap laws that we've seen in Ohio in the past handful of years, especially um, restrictions in um, the 2015 budget that was specifically targeting Toledo um, around the uh, transfer agreement particulars. Right. Toledo is where that all started. Correct. They, um, uh, the different right to life factions across the state picked out Toledo specifically one after, mm-hmm. uh, the transfer agreement that one of the two clinics, I believe center for choice had with the university of Toledo medical center. And they right. said, well, you know, this, this public institution is helping keep the doors open, uh, at center for choice. And so that's where all of these transfer agreement shenanigans started. Yeah. Um, they specifically uh, were um, swift to ban the public, the ability of a public hospital to sign the transfer agreement and then relegated only to a private hospital as um, a hospital that could qualify to sign this meaningless piece of paper. So um, in Toledo, you've got mostly Catholic hospitals, almost entirely except for ProMedica, which is... Basically the western half of the state. Right. It's It's all one chain... Uh, Mercy Health Partners is what it's known by. Right. Um, you know, if if you're an Ohioan from that western half, your local hospital is almost certainly a Catholic one, just like half of the city of Toledo. Right, right. Or ProMedica, as we'll talk about. Right. Um, so was it originally like that... Um, I'm sorry, I just don't know that much about it, so I'm going to yeah, ask questions. no, please. Yeah, please do. Um, so it was originally that they had it with... Um, the University of Toledo, and then they had to go across state lines? Um, well... And then it was, re- like, they redefined what local was? It was, um, well, the Center for Choice, I believe, was the one that had the UT transfer agreement, okay. and then Capital Cares had theirs with um, the University of Michigan mm-hmm. um, for a little while now, and um, so that was when, you know, the 2015 budget specifically decided to target that distance between the University of Michigan and the Toledo Clinic, which is about 52 miles. That's right. Um, But now, since the 2015 budget, the private hospital qualification has also added an additional loophole, which is that it must be within a 30-mile radius, and that's part of the specific targeting of Toledo that that Gabe mentioned. Um, Okay. So... Right. Yeah. So even though um, University of Michigan, I believe, is a public hospital... 
the transfer agreement, it uh, the rule didn't say you couldn't get one with a public hospital. It said that public hospitals could not enter into one. Right. So that's why uh, Capital Care had this agreement with University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. And and they stayed open for many months. I don't know how long it was, but it was over half a year, I think, when this transfer agreement with Michigan was in place. Mm-hmm. Uh and that really demonstrates how completely worthless these transfer agreements are. Um, the people who sponsor them uh, or sponsored this idea as an amendment into the budget to, to create the rule, um, they said that this is about patient safety, and we need to protect the patients and put in place this transfer agreement rule. Well, if you, you can, can go... <laughs> you can go to any emergency room and get care. Like, they're not going to turn you away because you had an abortion. Like, that's... Right. Like, that, like, violates the Hippocratic Oath of, like, do no harm. Like, if you were turning away somebody for their, like, because they need care and it happened to be an abortion, then you're just not doing your job right. 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 If and, you have a medical emergency and somebody calls 911 and they say, okay, we're going to the hospital, your hospital is chosen by the ambulance driver. You know, right. it's it's not by some some transfer agreement. It doesn't uh, matter if it's five, ten, thirty miles away. It's, right. It's they gonna... they could have had a transfer agreement with the University of California, right. you know, and UCLA Medical Center. Right. Uh, it it's still a situation where, in the event of an emergency, which is not that common, somebody calls nine one one, the ambulance comes, and then you go to whichever hospital they can drive to the fastest. Right. That's the entire consideration. So. The situation between Toledo and Ann Arbor uh, demonstrates that this little piece of paper, this permission slip to keep the abortion facility open, did not in any way improve patient care. Right. It was just a bureaucratic piece of, you know, red tape. Exactly. Yeah, and that's what we're looking at now is, you know, trying to let people know en masse that that's what's going on. You know, it's it's a, it's a grand ruse, um, essentially, to try and... Uh, indicate that this has anything to do with patient safety and health because it's just really, you know, like we said, a trap law, trapping capital care into having to forcibly close. So right. here we are still fighting for, um, you know, a, a, a transfer agreement that the state will recognize and honor. Right. So uh, so capital care, um, we uh, were sort of speaking on their behalf when we opposed these budget amendments, uh, led the charge in terms of lobbying against them, uh, because the state of Ohio is incredibly Republican, there was pretty much nothing that could have, you know, anybody could have done to stop that from being added to the budget. Sure. Um, since then, uh, the fight goes from the state house to the courthouse. They've been challenging this um, because the state moved to close them once. Uh, Capital Care has won at least one, maybe more. I can't remember, honestly. Uh, court decisions, Lucas County, uh, yeah, two decisions. Um, and one of those decisions, the judge writing it, writing the opinion in favor of capital care, uh, quoted the Whole Woman's Health versus Hellerstead Supreme Court case. It was the first time in Ohio where we saw language that uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg had written in defense of one of our own um one of our own abortion clinics. And right. this wasn't something that was done because we were challenging based on the precedent created by Whole Women's Health. But right. the judge says, you know what, not only am I siding with this 
with this Toledo abortion clinic, I also believe that. And he just added in this language. It's an right. under, undue burden that does not improve patient care. Um, and so, therefore, the, uh, the transfer agreement rule is unconstitutional. Right. And although the, um, the whole women's versus Hellerstadt case uh, was... Um, worded differently and fighting a different law that was based in Texas, um, we were hoping, you know, that that might happen, that it it would not necessarily set an exact precedent, but give us sort of the judicial language by which to fight and specifically identify the undue burden piece and, you know, remind everybody that this is totally unconstitutional. So, right. Uh, So this case continues on. It's uh, next step is at the Supreme Court. Uh, of the state of Ohio. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's going to have a hearing on September 12th. We'll be at that um, to, uh, you know, see how it goes. Uh, We've been very vocal in advocating uh, on behalf of the clinic. Um, We also worked with Progress Ohio to lead a campaign to try and get uh, Ohio State Supreme Court Justice Sharon Kennedy to recuse herself from that after she participated in a uh, fundraiser for Greater uh, Greater Toledo Right to Life. Right. So and is indubitably biased. So yes, but, you know we don't have um you know we don't have like the highest hopes in in terms of our uh, um you know the people who will be hearing the case and they're all pretty red. So right. We'll uh you know we're very nervous. <laughs> but it's, it's what five Republicans and two Democrats and one of those Democrats is an anti-choice Dem. I know. Yeah. There's two Dems. Never tell me the odds. <laughs> yeah. Right. Sorry. <laughs> Oops. Forget we said that. <laughs> No, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it doesn't look great. No, um, no. but that brings us to the ProMedica piece, kind of, because I, yes. don't, I don't know that we talked about that um, to catch everyone up for those who may not be super familiar with what's been going on as part of our you know proactive campaign to actually secure a transfer agreement, um, which is that uh, ProMedica now, since we've had these two different um, budgets that rolled out and further restricted who could sign in and enter into a transfer agreement, rather. Um, ProMedica is the only option now. And I, when people from out of town ask me, like, what's ProMedica? Like, what are you doing with this ProMedica stuff? And I explain, you know, like, they're like the Cleveland Clinic of Toledo. And they employ right. half the city and um, have a uh, mixed um, board membership of people who are, some, some of them are pro-choice, some of them are staunchly anti-choice and uh, religiously motivated people. Right. Um, and they, for the whole time I've been working at this job, have been saying, you know, oh, we don't want to pick sides, we don't want to sign this agreement. Um, By not signing an agreement, you have picked a side. Exactly, right? That's exactly right. So we've been reminding them of that. Uh, We do, um, you know, in my past couple years, we've done direct action. We've done sort of behind-the-scenes action. Um, We've been petitioning to Randy Ustra, the CEO of ProMedica, for, you know, two years and some change now to try and um, actually amp up public pressure because as a nonprofit, they, you know, they are susceptible to their, you know, what their public image says about them. So we've been trying to sort of shape that narrative a bit to remind people that yes, they're, you know, like the biggest healthcare provider in town, but they're also nefariously, um, you know, like remaining neutral, uh, right now in the, you know, in the face of evil. Um, so, well, so they're, you know, aiding and abetting these extremists who are trying to cut off all care for one particular part of medical care. And wouldn't you as like the, um, the bringer of, you know, like the most comprehensive medical care that you can get in Toledo want 
to be able to, you know, ensure continued medical care. You know, we've been right. trying to use sort of like the logical side, but also just like the, hey, you know, we're here and we're not going away. Here's this banner dropped right by the ProMedica campus. You know, we've done like light up signs at night to try and get people to, you know, like know what's going on, you know, like maybe ask some questions about what's going on, um, you know, and informing people of, you know, every aspect of this um, you know, this sort of like saga as it unfolds and how they can maybe get more active. And right. um, so, yeah, yeah so I, we're going to continue that. So it sounds like we're, uh, they are under the, un, they are under the impression that there's no negative consequences from them holding a neutral stance. And we're here to say, actually. Correct. Yeah. Right. There's, there's no neutral stance. And yeah, even though uh, this, uh, this fight kind of feels like us versus ProMedica, they, I think you can make a really legitimate argument that they're not the bad guys in this. They provide great health care for people all across Toledo. We're just asking them to continue that right. and not forcing another business to close their doors. They're not the bad guys. They certainly didn't ask to be put in this situation. We're not the ones, you know, the clinic nor NARAL is not the ones putting them in the situation. John Kasich decided yes. years ago that ProMedica was going to be in this, uh, in this position. And Kasich, Kasich's the bad guy here, you know, shock, um, oh. because he was, the one who, he was the one who approved this rule. Right. And, you, you know, you could see plain as day, if you're going to force a clinic to find a locally uh, situated, privately owned hospital to sign a transfer agreement, that's going to put uh, the onus on them. And so he was shoving them in the middle and, you know, ProMedica, if they have a beef here, needs to take it up with John Kasich who created this entire situation. Um, but yes, just like what Kelly said, there, there is no neutral, uh, you know, Kasich destroyed neutrality in this and he, he's forcing them to take a side. And so we're saying, Hey, you're already serving, you know, the women of Toledo through your hospitals, right? You need to continue that service. Uh, by signing this. Um, Especially when it costs nothing. Right. It costs no money. Yes. It would have no other implication other than, you know, like being the meaningless piece of paper that it is that right. somehow... They're secures... not obligated to, like, take on new patients no, or do anything. They don't have all. to pay for anybody's care. Yeah. And as expansive as they are, I don't imagine it's going to hurt their business to right. have, a, like, an affiliation with an abortion clinic. Right. Right. You know. Absolutely. Yeah, um, Ten plus counties now have ProMedica as their main care provider in Northwest Ohio. They won't be so. having to sign this transfer agreement <laughs> at all. Right. You know, and and the other factor is that this transfer agreement, um, this isn't like you know their ProMedica. If they would sign this, isn't the thing that keeps the clinic open. You know, the thing that keeps the clinic open is that it meets all of the requirements from the Ohio Department of Health to operate as a safe and legal abortion clinic, uh, that it you know maintains the, the business standards to serve patients and pay their own bills uh, to, to literally keep the lights on. There are so many things that capital care has to do as A, you know, a, a for-profit doctor's office, and B, as an abortion clinic in the state of Ohio. Those are the things that they do to keep the doors open. Right. And they are, you know, relentlessly hunted by the Ohio Department of Health who are always looking for them to mess up, you know. Right. You know, ProMedica signing this thing just basically says, "Okay, Capital Care, if you want to stay open, it's on you. You need to continue doing all of those things." Sure. Signing the transfer agreement 
really removes ProMedica from the situation because yeah. then they're done. They're just like, okay, <laughs> we've signed this. We're stepping out. You know, this is now back between the clinic and K6 people right? who will continue to try and shut them down. And we're going to continue to try and defend them. Uh, so the latest thing uh, that we've done in Toledo is put up a new billboard. Uh, did yes. you have you seen the billboard? You seen a picture of it? How's it look? Um, I haven't been back to Toledo yet to see the billboard, but I am planning on driving by tomorrow <laughs> to look at it and take photos because it's okay. so beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, at Capital Care, um, sort of separate from the transfer agreement business, we've uh, noticed that they have a huge um, harassment problem from you know like protesters and people who you know want to tell women their business and um it's particularly nefarious over there like these are really bold aggressive aggressive, yeah types of of like really toxic you know folks who show up and try and make you know like they knock on the windows which would be terrifying if i were trying to go get medical care you know like if somebody was knocking on my window being like hey go to hell um and they uh, have like a sort of independently run um, escort program uh, through a volunteer that we've been working with. Who's They've got some phenomenal. rock star volunteers. So up So fantastic. Yeah. Toledo. I mean, pro-choice Toledo has really taken to task um, this whole campaign. So um, I have endless respect for the people who live there and, and are part of this campaign. But um, so, was, yeah, so they noticed that, you know, everybody's dealing with horrible harassment. Um, the, um, if, oh, which pro-life entity bought the lot or leased the lot uh, next door to Capital Care? Um, they and they've been leasing it for a while, and yeah. the billboard to advertise a crisis pregnancy center, which is a fake abortion clinic. Yeah, um, it's, it's. I mean, this is the height of obnoxiousness. They basically own half the driveway to the clinic. Right, and so if anyone pro-choice or who needs an abortion um, is parking there, they'll have them towed. You know, they'll just make it so easy to fill, like legally fill the space with antis, um, and then not. Have have any legal repercussions because they're you know like renting leasing um and then they'll have the ultrasound bus come and like park there and try and uh swindle people out of their abortion appointments and you know into this bus so um that sounds like the worst thing ever (laughs) it's pretty nightmarish yeah so again you know total props to the toledo volunteer crew because they uh do a really good job of making sure that the patients can stay as safe as possible they have large umbrellas they provide security by walking people in and out and they're all volunteers none of them are paid they're just really wonderful caring people so um so yeah so we had looked at this billboard for ages you know with the cpc uh messaging on it and advertisement to try and also, you know, swindle people out of proper medical care if they're seeking an abortion and getting them into a fake clinic that will tell right. them lies. This was the um, CPC billboard before correct. we put up ours. Right. So right. now um, we got a uh, an opportunity to be able to lease the billboard for a short period of time and that um, handful of months might end up lasting longer we hope because we got a good deal um and then we decided to uh put a billboard message up that was a lot more affirming um and specifically targeted uh the harassment that these patients at capital care are facing by just accessing normal medical care so um i don't know if you uh if there's um, a photo of it up on the website or anything but um uh if if people go to neuralprochoiceohio.com that's our blog uh, and if you look for this blog post, we'll have a, a picture of the billboard as the, the big cover photo for it. Right. Um, and, and we'll have pictures up on our Facebook page too. Yeah. Uh, separate from the billboard, city council is also taking action. 
Um, yes. They are proposing a clinic protection ordinance that's very similar to the one uh, that was passed a year ago here in Columbus. Right. Yay. Right. That was such a good week because we had the whole women's versus Hellerstadt ruling. And then the following week we got the ordinance passed and it yes. was a, a rare series of victories for our side. So yes, um, it was nice. Yeah. So uh, now we have, um, we do indeed have precedent for a local ordinance protection, um, which would essentially create a buffer zone around the clinic that is designed to provide safety by eliminating the legality of, um, you know, harassment and protesters who are particularly um, harmful uh, to be, you know, within a certain amount of feet of the clinic. So we'll right. uh, be listening in to see how they vote and hopefully the hard work of our, um, you know, our activists will have paid off because I think it would be a huge help when there's, you know, because capital care has this tiny um, parking lot outside of the building and then it's right on the sidewalk. So anyone who's like walking up and down the street has really easy access to the building if they want to go and make a fuss. So um, we're hoping that this will get passed and will provide a degree of safety for the people who come as patients. Right. Uh, so that hearing by Toledo City Council is on August 30th. Yes. And Again, we will be there. Yeah, we will be there. We encourage anyone who can make it to go and sit in and let people know that, you know, this is something that Toledo wants and needs. Right. That should be cool. Uh, okay, so we'll keep an eye on Toledo. Um, elsewhere around the state, all across the state, uh, we're staying active. You two are the field organizers. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I hear you're looking for interns. Yeah, there's a whole slew of internships that are up on our website that people can apply for. You can be a development intern, so that will be focused on fundraising. You can be a field intern, so you'd be in the field with me and Annie. Yeah, stuff. Learning about outreach, how to, you know, have sort of like cold conversations with people to connect with other pro-choice Ohioans. We're absolutely a majority. Um and I, you know, I try and bring uh, interns and volunteers when they do go canvas to places that have sort of like more of, you know, what I would predict to be a pro-choice crowd. So we don't go to like the Feast of the Assumption and go canvas <laughs> for abortion <laughs> rights or anything. That but, would you know, be uncomfortable. It would be. But, you know, we the general idea is that in the summer we're, you know, and in the warm season in general, we're active in um, approaching people through tabling and canvassing to try and connect uh, folks who care to actions that they can take in their own communities. So, um, right. That would be a piece of the uh, field internship. Yeah, there's also a communications internship, right, Gabe? Yes. Gabe. Um, yeah, I've I've had a couple interns uh, in the past that have been really terrific. Um, you know, in helping to put together uh, graphics uh, that we, you know, if if you can uh, have some Photoshop experience, that's really great. Um, <laughs> put together graphics that we throw up uh, on the website. Uh, you know, send up by emails. Um, you know, you wouldn't believe what we can do with spreadsheets to try and uh, track all of the uh, the votes. It's it's nerdy, uh, nerdy stuff. <laughs> it's making um, nerdy things look pretty and palatable, pal- palatable. To, yes, there we go. I can words <laughs> and palatable to people who don't understand spreadsheets and statistics. I guess. Yes. Or, just, or would rather look at prettier things. Yes. Right. Uh, so yeah, if you want to be a communications intern, you can apply on the website. Um, and we also have a policy intern, so you would get to hang out with Jamie right? and like go to a lot of committee meetings and listen to legislators talk about how terrible we are. <laughs> it's I, way know, more fun than that. Uh, it's, 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 it's anger inducing. That. <laughs> that's true. Um, but I got to tell you a, a policy internship with an organization that's in and around the state house every day. Uh, it's, it's, actually a legitimate door opener, yeah. uh, to a lot of jobs, um, 
you know, I'm not trying to toot our horn here, but, um, you know, we have impressive past interns. Yeah. Uh, you know, getting that experience, uh, going to state house committees, just knowing where to go right. and what the process is like. Navigating the state house is definitely a skill. It, it actually is. Um, so there's, uh, if, if you're interested in either, you know, looking at a career in state government, um, or, uh, or just, you know, wanting to be involved in legislation and to learn more about how it, how it works, a policy internship is really terrific. Um, and then the last one is our development intern. Our current development intern is right now, uh, working on putt-putt golf tournaments to support, uh, NARAL. So, you know, there's, there's some fun gigs that you get to work with. Uh, development internship is more like event planning, I'd say. Yeah, it can be. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, that's a very valuable in, like internship if you are interested in doing specifically nonprofit work, um, right. because development is a very, very, very in-demand skill <laughs> in yeah. the nonprofit world. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So apply for internships, uh, prochoiceohio.org. Come hang out with us. Uh, check out the Get Involved tab on our website. So... Um, Annually, this is a new thing, the taco or beer challenge. I, don't, I think this is the third year they're doing it, maybe. Yeah, yeah, because it came new after itch. the ice bucket challenge. Yeah. Right. So this, but is, it stuck around longer. Yeah, what this, is it? This is a fun. This is an annual fundraiser for the NAF, so the National Network of Abortion Funds. Um, and basically, you either eat a taco or drink a beer or both. Uh, and can do. Can do. Yeah. Well, I can do one of those. <laughs> right. Um, and you take a picture of yourself doing so off for your social media and tag other friends to do so. And the idea is either you raise awareness for abortion funds or you donate or both. I did right. both last year and now I'm a monthly donor to the abortion fund here in Ohio. Women have options, Ohio. They're great. So yay tacos, yay beer. <laughs> Yay, abortion. Right. Uh, if you go to Women Have Options Ohio on Facebook, they have an event, um, and it's the it event. It goes mid-September. Yeah, the, the event says that it's for August 17th, but it's really just for all the for time that until, you choose to yeah. do this. Right. You can do it more than once. Right. Uh, yeah, I guess, I mean, August want. is a very taco-focused month for some reason, at least in my brain, but it could just be that I've done this, so I'm now associating tacos in August. Right. I'm I'm not sure who created it. I remember first hearing about it from a, an activist, and she's a writer named Andrea Grimes on Twitter. Um, she's one of those people that just tweet a lot and, and write legitimate things about uh, reproductive rights, about abortion access. Uh, I'm not sure if she's based out of Texas, but obviously with Probably. so much going on <laughs> in Texas, that's what the majority of things I've I've seen her write about. Uh, and then I started to see tweets where she was just, you know, tweeting about this. And I'm not sure if she created it. I feel like if um, you're not in Atlanta, Chicago, Ohio, or Texas for reproductive rights, like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, I mean, maybe you're just working at North a clinic. North Carolina. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. No, that's just where I, f- like, feel like I know most of the reproductive justice advocates, just, like, those four areas. Yeah. But, I mean, there's, like... Like, you could make a commitment to yourself. Like, you decide to do Taco Tuesday for the next four weeks, and every time you get tacos, you donate as much as you ate in tacos to your local abortion fund. That's a good one. Yeah, I mean, there was a bar in South Carolina that they had 75-cent tacos on Tuesdays, and if you managed to eat, like, 12 tacos, then that's 
so many dollars that you could donate. <laughs> I can't math that fast. I'm sorry. They used to be 50 cents. It was easier at one point. <laughs> so yeah, challenge yourself to eat as many tacos. And I think that be nine bucks. Yeah. However many tacos that is, yeah. donate that much to abortion funds. Yeah, nine bucks a week. Four weeks, and then you've come up with, you know, something that's a so nice chunk of money. $36. I can do that math. Wunderbar. <laughs> yeah, and if you're looking for, um, you know, something especially localized, if you're in the Toledo area and you do want to stay involved um, peripherally, they do have their own local abortion fund. They are called the Agnes Reynolds Jackson Fund, which I believe has their own Facebook page. Um, I have no idea about the existence of that. What, what is it? It's the Agnes Reynolds I, Jackson Fund. It's the Ag- Aggie Fund. Agnes Reynolds Jackson. Yes. I, I seriously have never heard of this before. Yeah, it's. I mean, they're very small. You know, they only, they're donation-based. You know, people can give to the Aggie Fund. It was founded after Agnes Reynolds Jackson, who's a pro-choice advocate um, and I think a healthcare provider in the Toledo area. And if I'm butchering this, then... I'm very sorry. I think uh, preterm also has their own abortion fund. Preterm does. And preterm is also a NAF clinic, National Abortion Federation clinic, so they get NAF funds. Right. That's how I funded partially my abortion. <laughs> um, so, and then, yeah, so in Toledo they have Aggie Fund, and then they do an annual, um, it's run by Anita Rios, our friend. Yes. Who um, is Toledo-based and... Former um, candidate for governor Anita Rios. Correct, yes. And then also um, at one point was the acting president of the Ohio chapter of NOW, and I think now she's sitting as vice president. Um, okay. But she's still very active uh, managing the Aggie Fund with um, another volunteer named Marcy, and Marcy has a um, garage sale f- uh, fund every year um, where people can donate things, and they have a garage sale at the Old West End Fest in Toledo, which is a popular like sort of street party in the Old West End neighborhood. Uh, and then this past uh, fest in June, they uh, I think they made a thousand dollars. So it's nice. um, you know for them that's pretty good. They've done some other Aggie funds like a um, their own variation of taco or beer challenges kind of thing locally. So um, if you do want to do the taco or beer challenge, you can also look into giving your money to the Aggie fund specifically, which now that, you know, Toledo's situation is so dire might appeal to some people. So, right. Okay. That's, that's really cool to know. Does yeah. anyone know if there is a taco flavored beer <laughs> somewhere? Cumin, lots of cumin. I'm sure it exists. If not, and you listeners out there create taco-flavored beer, please donate profits to the Aggie <laughs> Fund in Toledo, Ohio. Yes. Oh, man, they'd be thrilled. <laughs> I don't know how much money a taco beer would make. It would go well at Weird Beer Night. Yeah. Yeah. Hipsters uh, will get into anything at least once. <laughs> okay, the next thing on our agenda, Kelly, you, you pitched this idea out there. You want to set it up? Sure. So uh, the DCCC, which is the... Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. D-Trip. D-Trip. That's, I, okay. D-Triple-C. D-Trip. I, I believe you, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if it catches. Um, Sorry. Please continue. The chairman of the, chairman of the D-Trip mm-hmm. um, has uh, stated that they, that they will have no litmus test for candidates uh, on abortion, which is to say that they will not withhold any financial support of pro-life Democrats for some reason. <laughs> right. Um, and we like, we can't alienate all of our centrists' allies, mm, apparently. Can educate them. We can. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and okay, and just to like, for people who don't know, the D trip, <laughs> I hate this, D-trip. is not the DNC or the DSCC. These are three right. different organizations. The DNC is the Democratic National Committee. Yes. And that is headed by Tom Perez, who has not agreed to this lack of litmus test. 
Um, the D trip focuses solely on House congressional races. So, like, you know, the part of the legislature nationally that has way more people than the Senate, because the Senate only has 100, and the House has four, more. <laughs> well, like 400 something. Um, and this is also. 70 or 70 something, yeah. So, it is theoretically easier to get elected to the House than it is the Senate. And we're making it even easier by having no litmus test for Democrats uh, on issues such as abortion. Um, this is very frustrating because, like, the House, at least in, like, my experience and opinion, is a lot more, like, willing to pass ridiculous bills right. than the Senate. So yes. by encouraging, ha- like, the encouraging or not, or necessarily not discouraging pro-life Democrats in the House, we right. may see some more problematic things coming up through those ranks. Right. Yeah, you know, my problem with this is that um, saying that they will provide funds to anti-abortion Democrats, um, you know, when when they explain their reasoning, so much of it's like, well, that person's going to vote for who we want for Speaker of the House, and it's going to help us maintain, you know, a majority should we win that. Um, but... They, they, the implication there is that this anti-abortion Democrat will then uh, vote against what we want. Well, vote against or what? But you know, in real life, they're not going to be neutral. No, you know, and and we saw that here in Ohio with uh, Bill Patman, who's a Democrat out of Cleveland. And not only did he vote for defunding Planned Parenthood last time, he sponsored, sponsored the it. bill. Yes. Yep. Some of these people believe... are really horrible. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> gall. Yeah. I mean, there are some candidates that, like, people want to work with because they, like, are moderate on abortion or, like, have, like, some anti-choice policies but not all anti-choice policies. And it's, I'm, I'm not about that life. <laughs> right. Yeah, and and we've seen we've seen good examples of Tim Ryan and uh, Tim Kaine, um, you know, people who who were raised Catholic, and they personally pro life, but not yeah politically. And 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 they said, well, I am going to be a pro choice candidate, and you know, support women's access to this, even though it's not something that I you know plan pers- on doing, right. <laughs> it's like no shit, guys. Yeah. Um, How many abortions will you personally have, right, Mr. Kane? Right. <laughs> um, so, you know, but but they have made a public pledge to vote to support women and access to abortion. Yeah. And so there's a model there for people to adhere to. You know, this is you know kind of saying no, no, that's not good enough. D trip uh, is essentially saying, eh, we don't really need women that badly. Right. Right. So it it is infuriating. It's a bad look. Yes. So, and you know, it's creating this uh, this division within the party, which um, we didn't need. No, <laughs> not at all. Like we already had a few going on. I think so. Right. And and then you know, I think I think after the division is formed, then there's well, who's to blame for this division? As if it's somehow just the women who need health care. Right. No, they're not the ones to blame. They just need health care. Yeah, the DNC platform has, is is not going to be compromising on abortion. Like right. that's not what's happening here. It's D Trip saying, eh, just because you don't believe in our own platform doesn't mean we won't give you money. Which, what the heck? <laughs> right. Right. You know, and the other side of it is imagine if there was some Democrat who stepped up and says, well, I don't believe in unions, but I still want to be a Democrat. You mean like this weird West Virginia governor that 
has uh, decided to go back to the Republican Party after winning as a Democrat. Right. Hmm. I yeah. wonder if that'll happen more. Yeah. You know, it's... I can get money and win in a Democratic area because I have a D next to my name and my voters don't know any better. Right. Did you you want to talk about Mad Lab? Uh, yeah. Sure. There's a local theater here in Columbus that I've been involved with in the past um, who... It, they are opening their season this week with a show called Countertop, and it's Counter slash Top, which I'm sure is something that will be explained in the play, I guess. Okay. Um, but what's cool about their season this year is it is entirely women. All of the shows are written by women. All of the shows will be directed by women. Um, I like the, they will be set and staged. Like the stage managing will be done by women. That's great. Yeah. So it's a it's an entirely women focused season. And Mad Labs, um, interesting because it is a, it is a theater that only does original works. So you won't be seeing shows from like the 1890s that you don't care about because you don't understand the context in which they are written. Which like that's fair. Um, and it is instead just like new and upcoming playwrights that happen to be women, and it's really exciting. That is. Yeah. So Countertop opens tonight, um, which is a Thursday for people who are listening tomorrow. Uh, um, and you can find out more and buy tickets at madlab.net. Um, that's here in Columbus. And uh, I just thought it was a cool thing and wanted to share. Okay. Mad Lab is on North 3rd Street downtown. So yep. people can check that out. They're like near an auto zone or something. <laughs> okay. Okay, uh, so let's finish it out. Uh, let's get it on. Upcoming events. There's so many things. There are so many things. Uh, the first one on our calendar is a preterm event, August 14th, Religion Plus Abortion. Um, it's not the first one. The first one's Galvanize Ohio this weekend. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Never mind. <laughs> Tell them about Galvanize Ohio. Galvanize Ohio is um, a training for, like, women um, who want to be involved with organizing and running for office and um, entrepreneurship. So there's like four different tracks, the three of four I just mentioned. So like you, if you're interested in running for office, there's a track for you. If you're interested in grassroots organizing, there's a track for you. If you're interested, interested in entrepreneurship, there's a track for you. And then there's one that I've forgotten because it was not relevant to me. I'm sorry. Um, but Annie and I will be there. I will be there all weekend. So Saturday and Sunday, come see my very, very pregnant self. Um, and then Sunday, Annie and I will both be there and we will be tabling. So you can talk to us more about our internships and get all the cool buttons that I have made, including one that we didn't hope we would need, but now do. So come get some pro-choice Democrat buttons. Oh my God. (laughs) Okay. And if you're an elusive elephant in the room, we got those for you too. Okay. That sounds cool. Uh, the next event on the calendar is Religion Plus Abortion <laughs> Preterm. It's August fourteenth. Uh, check out third and twenty fourth. Oh wait, no, I'm no, sorry, he, I mixed the two. He's up. talking about a different one. Oh, yeah, there's a few. Um, but if you go to Preterm, uh, their Facebook page, check out their events tab. Uh, they'll have all the information there. Um, on August nineteenth, there's a Run to Win training for women who are interested in running for office or yeah. people who want to support them. Yeah, that is through Emily's list, and I guess I think that's here in Columbus. Yes, so. I think it's maybe at ODP. It's, um, uh, yeah, it's like the Ohio Dems Women's Caucus. There's a lot of basically, if you're interested in running for office, there's a lot of things coming up in the next month. Right. Um, that yeah, look for the Ohio Democratic Women's Caucus Facebook page and and. Uh, or just go to our Facebook page uh, and, and click on events. You'll find information there. 
Uh, August 22nd is the August Repro Health Happy Hour. Yeah, we actually just put a post about that on our blog that I wrote. And it's yes. about their monthly happy hour where you can drink and hang out with people who share the similar values to you um, and relax and then like get whipped into shape to do some volunteering at the end because that's what we usually talk about is volunteering. Nice. Uh, <laughs> it's at I'll... Growl. Growl. In Clintonville. Okay. August 23rd, Willie Parker's uh, coming to your neck of the woods, Annie. Yeah. To preterm again. No, he, uh, I think it will be speaking at the um, so Church, Church of the, of the Covenant, Covenant. Yeah. yeah, which is where I saw Angela Davis also. Oh. Um, so they're, they, yeah, which is also on the Case Campus, Case Western Reserve um, on Euclid Avenue. So uh, you can still, I think, uh, reserve tickets, and I think it's $10 and $5 for students. So um, you, there's a Facebook event through preterm that's up, um, and then... Uh, I'm sure if you Google Willie Parker Cleveland, if you can't find preterm or anything like that, then they'll have um, publicized it far and wide because Willie Parker, if no one knew, was a, is a big deal. So yes. everyone will be there except for me, right? I think so. Yes. Yeah. For, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Uh, and then the last thing uh, on our uh, uh, schedule to, to talk about, uh, the date is changing. So Narrow Pro-Choice Ohio is putting on a mini golf classic, a putt-putt fundraiser. Uh, I just seconds ago got a text from Pam. The date is changing. So we will be putting out new information as soon as that gets rescheduled. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, so there was, there was a conflict there. So, um, but it it was a great event, uh, when it was held up in Cleveland last month, we'll, uh, be holding it here, uh, really once school gets started and, uh, college kids are back in town to, to come fundraise, uh, and putt putt. So that'll be fun. Yeah. And if you've ever participated in like the abortion bullathon or something like that, it's kind of a similar fundraising specific concept where you have a team and then you have a fundraising goal to be on the team. And then, um, you know, you're, you could also, if you can't make it, you know, sponsor a hole, um, and can contact <laughs> us <laughs> to, uh, put Sorry. your name on a hole. <laughs> like, uh, you okay over there? I think Rachel's, no. I think Rachel's in Cleveland was the Holy Grail hole. So there's, you know, lots of punny opportunities for you. Um, and then, yeah, you, uh, could have a team that's as big as you want to make it. And then you raise some money to you're go also, to Neral and fighting for abortion access. And then you're also you, required to wear lots of Argyle. Oh, you, well, I mean, technically you're not required. I just did mm-hmm. that because no, I like required. to do costumes. Um, so I dressed up as a wasp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, we will be um, doing putt-putt on teams. If you want to need help finding a team, you can contact us. And if the you event wanna... is child-friendly. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the Columbus one will be dry. I don't think so. No, it's in the evening. Okay. So yeah, so there can be booze and family fun at the same time. Um, so yeah, so it's that kind of concept, uh, in fundraising. So if you want to start a team, you don't have to wait for us to publish the exact date. You can start, you can start fundraising now and ask uh, your family and friends to put a couple bucks towards securing abortion access for Ohioans. Yep. Links in the show notes. Uh, check out a Facebook page. Uh, look at the events tab. All this fun stuff is there, um, whether the date is correct or not. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll be we'll be putting out the the accurate information with the new date uh, mm-hmm. very soon. So, yeah. sometime at the end of September ish. Yeah. Okay. And then we'll see everybody back here next week. Woo-hoo. Bye. Bye. Ah.